is all about like operations and just making sure we get customers their rings in time and having backup options in case FedEx loses something. Like so Q4 for us is like very operations focused and a little bit less uh, sales and discount focused. At some point, you know, can you spend a million dollars a day on ads? You know, probably not, right? So yeah. it's how do you grow a hundred million dollar business? How do we acquire customers? We're gonna have to do it outside of you know, traditional online spend. For me, it's not actually about the plan. The plan will blow up the second something goes sideways. <laughs> um, for me, it's actually more about the preparation. That's always been my hack is, you know, prepare over prepare for everything. On today's episode, you're going to hear a replay of our Founders Q4 Strategy Roundtable 2 of the Commerce Excel conference. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or fourfold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host Kunle Campbell, and this is podcast where we talk about e-commerce growth, e-commerce growth, e-commerce growth. Now, on this particular episode, as I said earlier, it is a recording of a of an expert panel. Um, it was the Founders Q4 Strategy Roundtable 2 expert panel at the recently concluded Commerce Excel Conference back in September. Um, really giving you guys insights for Q4 success. Um, it was hosted by none other than um, Derek Haney, terrific um, expert panel host. And um, it was um, the, the the panel the panelists were Athena, Cass Vickis, who is CEO founder of Behave Behave Bras, Krish Himantraka, founder of Demore, Justin Beer, founder of Collars and Co. Terrific, terrific thoughts. Um, some were anti discount and Black Friday, Sam Monday. Others were pro discount. There's there's a lot of creative juices coming. Lots of strategy. Lots of perspectives. These most were 10 million plus in revenue brands. Just great stories. Um, and I just love the way Derek handled this one. So enjoy this episode and I shall catch you tomorrow. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us in our Commerce Excel conference, the most awaited direct-to-consumer event of the year. It's an absolute pleasure to have you around and see people tuning in from all around the world. 
whether you're new to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or looking for new strategies to make this Q4 your strongest yet, this second of two Q4 strategy roundtables will give you everything you need to create your future growth strategy. You'll hear from the best in class experts and discover exactly how they're growing their brands in this challenging retail environment. I'm Kone Campbell, I'm the host of the 2X e-commerce podcast. I am your host of Stage One, which is proudly sponsored by Rich Panel, our platinum partners. I'd also like to th- thank, um, you know, um, our gold school partners. Um, our, our gold partners. I, I, I'm um, our gold partners, Customer Labs, and and and, and also Partner Heroes. Um, without further ado, I would like to um, just introduce Derek Haney who is the founder of e-commerce tech and um, the moderator of this expert panel. Welcome, Derek. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Can you guys hear me all right, everybody? Uh, how's everyone doing out there? Chime in in the comments where you guys are uh, listening in from. Really excited for today's panel. We're already off and in the running of this amazing event, and I really got to hand it to Kunlay and his team for putting together so many amazing founders, experts, uh, and industry guides for uh, for a jam-packed day of just really amazing sessions. So if you can, whoever's backstage, go ahead and bring in my panelists. I'm really excited to talk Q4 strategies with everyone as we are all, of course, ramping up into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and you'll see some of us maybe even in anti-Black Friday, Cyber Monday mode. Uh, here we've got Justin, Krish, Athena. I'm going to let each of you introduce yourselves. Let's go ahead and start with Athena. Tell us what are you up to and, and how you got started a little bit with uh, with Behave Bras. Yeah, so I'm Athena Kizvikis. I'm the CEO and founder of Behave Bras. Uh, we make absolutely amazing bras for women uh, with larger breasts. Um, our mission in life is to help women uh, not only love her body, but to love her bra again, because women hate bras. Um, what we're up to is we're just riding a momentum wave. Um, we aired on Shark Tank this year in March. Uh, we just launched our loyalty and rewards program in time for holiday. Uh, we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, but ultimately, the focus of this year is building and owning our consumers and then um, delivering just delightfully amazing experiences so that we can hit the ground running pretty hard next year. If you don't mind me asking, tell me about how much revenue you're going to do this year, get frame people up, or maybe how many customers you're expecting. Yeah, so this year, um, again, Shark Tank bump. Uh, We're looking at forecasting uh, 2 million um, in revenue top line. That is significantly uh, more than what we did last year. Um, Yeah. Thanks dude. Um, So, you know, women that have larger breasts, which is 50% of the population in the U S pretty quickly raised their hand for us and said, I need that. Um, So yeah, we're, we're on an upswing this year, so to speak. Awesome. Love it. Krish, let me pass it to you. Tell me a little bit about your business, how you got started and where you're at this year. Yeah, thanks, Derek. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Krish. So I'm the founder of Doa Mori Rings. Um, We're uh, an engagement ring company um, with a social mission. So the way we got started was I was actually working on an oil rig um, out in the middle of nowhere. And very quickly, you learn how hard it is to drill for oil, but how easy it is to drill for water. And so it kind of bothered me because I had seen the water crisis when I was younger and I couldn't believe that there was literally water 100 yards beneath people's feet. They just couldn't get to it in certain developing countries. So I wanted to do something. And at the same time, I was shopping for rings for my now wife uh, for an engagement ring. And um, I was just really frustrated with like the ethics of the industry. So I decided when I proposed, I wanted to do it with a ring that didn't just not hurt the world, but actually helped the world. Um, so that's what Doomori does. Every ring brings a person access to water and changes a life forever, um, so that you can celebrate your special day by actually changing someone's life. Um, we're based in Houston, Texas, but we're completely e-commerce only, 100% e-commerce. Um, Revenue-wise, we are will probably be around a $12 million run rate in Q4, um, and uh, the, yeah, I mean the main thing I guess I would say about Doomori is we are. Um, we started with an $18,000 investment for myself, and that's the only investment ever made. So all of our revenue growth has just come from reinvesting uh, profits. And so we are profitable and uh, looking to continue to scale this uh, Q4. That's amazing. Uh, another round of applause, I think, is deserved for that and, and the scalability and your ability to give back 
uh, to the community in such an impactful way. We can already see the dichotomy of these two businesses, uh, a product that, uh, that are, are going to be used over and over again and a product essentially designed to last for a lifetime. So we can, we can see we're going to have some interesting uh, conversations here. Justin, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and Collars & Company. Hey, everybody. I'm Justin Baer uh, from Bethesda, Maryland, and founder of Collars & Co., which is an innovative men's apparel brand. So uh, me, my background, I've always been an entrepreneur ever since I'm a kid, right? So growing up, kids got Sports Illustrated. I got the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> uh, it's just like a, this was, this was the sport uh, in our house. And I've had tons of ideas. Every year I come up with something just because I'm a nut. And I had a software, texting software platform. COVID hit. And I always had this idea where I lived in New York for 12 years. And what I'm wearing right now is kind of like the Midtown uniform. I'm sure you guys have all seen this. This is a sweater with a dress shirt underneath it. Uh, every guy in an office wears this. But I hated wearing a long sleeve dress shirt under a sweater. I just found it really uncomfortable pulling the sleeves down and getting ready in the morning. You know, shout out on the comments if You've experienced this, you know, where the sleeves are getting bunched up. It's just uncomfortable and hot. It's scratchy. It's just not as comfortable as like a t-shirt underneath. Yeah. So we got to do something about it. So basically created what's called a dress collar polo. It's a stretchy, comfortable golf shirt, right? I know this looks like a regular dress shirt, but actually this is a short sleeve, stretchy golf shirt, but the top has like a crazy firm collar. Okay. So it's yeah. insanely firm. This is like, you can put a tie on with the shirt and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if guys out there have this problem. We'll see what happens. I made it in white, a run of white, um, in our spread collar. Now we actually have four collar styles, but I made it in, in white. And my seven-year-old daughter's like, Dad, you got to do a TikTok. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she is basically like holding up the phone, and I'm in my closet saying, guys, don't you hate wearing dress shirts? Blah, blah, blah. You got to check this dress collar polo out. Put it down. I remember it was like a Sunday. Sunday night, we sat down on the couch to watch whatever it was, Netflix. And my Shopify store, which I just designed myself, I was the only model at the time. <laughs> nice. We just started selling shirts. And I was like, holy shit, this is, I don't know. That was, honestly, that was like uh, 16, 15, 16 months ago. We now have a 10,000 square foot warehouse. We've got over 200 SKUs, um, four different collar styles, uh, you know, different patterns, colors. And it's just been a wild uh, ride and um, yeah, just very fun, uh, you know, challenging. I people are like, Well, are you doing this full time? I'm like, As everyone here, Chris and Athena probably can attest it. This is more than full time, this is all the time, and there's sacrifices and consequences, um, whether that's family life or kids' relationships. But this is a beast, and um. I don't know where I'm, I'm on the ride. You're, you're on the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Justin, I love it. Such an amazing story. And yes, uh, this is probably your, your, your product is like the perfect thing for me. I have, I have the, the same problem and I'm, I'm a, I, I'm not too much of a formal wear guy, if that makes sense. I'm like always trying to keep it fun. And so, yeah, sh uh, your, your product sounds right up my alley. Um, cool. Awesome. So, uh, so it sounds like this is essentially your first major Q4 where maybe you'll have more time to prep because, uh, 12 months ago, you would have been right in like launch phase essentially, yeah. and probably didn't have an actual Q4 strategy. So let's go ahead and, and start with you, Justin, and walk me through what you think is what, what your plan is for Q4 for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, everything. Um, and, and what you've had to do to adjust and change for that. Yeah. So one thing we're thinking about, from plan levels are obviously the discount, right? Everyone's thinking about Black Friday. What's the discount going to be? And Memorial Day, we did a pretty steep discount and we blew out a ton of product. But I felt like, you know, our margins got crushed because we're giving such deep discounts away. This Labor Day, we said, you know what? We're going to do a smaller discount just to see kind of, kind of what happens. It'll be a, kind of a good test for um, Black Friday. And we just bumped it up just a bit, maybe like 2% bigger discount crushed it did amazing which is great because i think we're going to think about black friday sales maybe not as giving away the farm which i know a lot of retailers think they need to do yeah. um one other thing we'll do is actually probably like a free gift so we'll bring in something that has a really high perceived value piece and do it. it's like okay you buy 200 dollars for the stuff and you're going to get this free gift that's worth 
50 or $60. And then like, shit, that's like 30% off. Plus they'll give them a little discount. So that's what we're thinking from a discount standpoint, which is probably really quick. Do, do you think your customers are largely buying for themselves or are they buying as a gift? Because $200 seems like a high threshold to, as a gift, but perfect for me filling my closet, which literally I might, I might take you up on this offer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it was $200. I'm not exactly sure the threshold. Yeah, 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 so yeah, I mean, yeah. It'll probably be in that 150 range, um, mm. maybe a hundred. Uh, most of our customers are men buying it for themselves, but a good percentage are women buying it for their husbands. Yeah. Dads, boyfriends, and whatever. Awesome. And so I think this uh, might be similar to your strategy, Athena. I'd love to hear what you're doing uh, this Q4 uh, from both the discount, the dangerous yeah. discount, right? And and really quick, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my, my quick rant. You can either optimize Black Friday Cyber Monday for one of three things. More, as many customers as possible, which is probably going to be your deepest discount, totally like bleeding red in Q4, uh, but planning on nurturing those to profitability over like, let's say the coming nine months post uh, post holidays, or you can optimize for revenue, just going straight top line growth, which is kind of that middle of the road discount, uh, or you optimize for profit, which is typically no discount. And so, yeah, Athena, let's let's hear about your strategy. Yeah, we're going to do a, a bit of a mix. So similar to Justin, um, what we have found is so far, at least this year, is that our customers are, um, we have such a high need state, right? So it's a little bit different where if you're going to buy a bra, um, you're almost, especially from someone like us, you're almost willing to pay whatever it would take to to solve a problem. And, and we really do solve a problem. So um, for us, you know, I was looking at it and we had tried some discounting last year, uh, again, much smaller base size. But what I found last year that was interesting is that we actually did better with a dollar off discount than a percentage. And I think why that matters for a brand like mine is, you know, probably similar to both of you guys on here. Um, we're a higher price point. So 10% off doesn't feel like a lot, but it's 750 right? That's a lot of money. And so what I plan for this year, it's coming in, I think in two weeks, um, we have a free gift with purchase. Um, so similar to Justin, our free gift with purchase will be on every order. Um, it won't adjust my USPS first class shipping rate. Very crucial. Very thin light item. Um, and then what we'll be doing is probably a little bit of bundling as well. So the idea would be for us to keep a pretty stable base price point. Um, and then to offer additional incentives, we will be doing something very small during BF, BFCM. Um, yeah, Black Friday. Like a flash Friday. sale. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll be doing something small and very limited, um, mostly to reward our new loyalty program customers um, with points. So we'll be doing like a double point situation. So what yeah. I'm essentially to answer your question, what yeah. I'm going to be doing is kind of pulling all the different levers in, um, and we have it kind of planned out by week what that will look like. We'll take a break and then we'll go hard for us, even though it is a purchase for the most part that you make for yourself. Um, what I have found is that women in general, we control about 85% of the purse strings in a household. And so we will see women buying more for themselves during this period. Right. So again, my background, by the way, is Procter and Gamble, like Media spending and dollars was like my thing. So I have- You probably had really detailed analyses on, exactly. on human behavior psychology and demographic changes right. and all that. Yeah. yeah. I used to run a hundred million dollar budgets and now I'm running, you know, mine. So um, yeah. so it'll be a, a different mix based on week and then we'll, how we'll track that. And what we'll look at is essentially what does our conversion uh, look like through that? And it will be a mix of new trial. So getting new people in as well as sort of rewarding those that are with us for that second, third and fourth purchase. Our purchase cycle is one to two times a year for bras mm -hmm. for women. Um, so what we'll be trying to do is see if we can get that up even higher, right? To see yeah. if we can like, and then, oh, and then we also have a limited edition color. So only it's coming at the end of October. It's only, we only do one color one time. That's it. Um, so I do think we'll see a lot of um, incremental purchase for us during holiday when, again, you're gift buying for other people, I think we'll, we'll do pretty well. This is great. So both you and Justin, I think we'll expect higher average order value this, exactly. this uh, Q4. Uh, Krish, let, let's take it over to you. Uh, very different seasonality to, to, uh, to engagement rings. So tell us uh, what your plan is for Q4. Yeah. So um, Q4, even though engagement rings definitely, you know, are, they are slightly seasonal and Q4 is the biggest, um, month 
the biggest quarter for uh, engagement sales because of Thanksgiving proposals, Christmas proposals, and New Year's Eve proposals. Nice. And so um, now, um, Do Amore itself, we don't do any discounts, coupons, promos. Uh, we never have since day one. And uh, instead, we just always try to be priced competitively year round. Um, and so that's kind of our strategy is year round. We just promise the best service and competitive pricing. And uh, so that for that reason, we don't have any extra discounts for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, if anything, actually, um, a few days before Black Friday, you'll start to see Doomore's ad budget start to taper all the way down um, because we don't want to compete with all the Black Friday companies because, uh, you know, your CPMs and go, go really high for that week. Yeah. So um, we actually taper everything down. So I guess we're kind of, um, you know, focused not necessarily on profit, but that's just like our strategy is since we don't do discounting, that's what we do. To me, um, with our product, I think it is obviously different than Justin and Athena's, but with our product, um, discounting typically just ends up delaying the purchase. Um, so a lot of customers have been asking since August, September, you know, hey, if we buy in Black Friday, is there going to be a discount? Should we wait until then? And we're just saying, no, hey, guys, you know, buy when you're ready. Like you shouldn't organize your proposal based on when don't <laughs> you don't get the best deal. Code. So, um, so for that reason, we don't do anything and we just try to be competitive year round. Um, what I will say though, is uh, like for us, what's crucial in Q4 is like timing. Like obviously no one wants to miss a Christmas gift, but we cannot miss a proposal. Right. And mm -hmm. these days, like, like we see with gender reveals, like proposals are becoming more and more and more, extravagant and planned out. So yeah. for us, Q4 is all about like operations and just making sure we get customers their rings in time and having backup options in case FedEx loses something. Like, so Q4 for us is like very operations focused and a little bit less uh, sales and discount focused. Interesting, very interesting. And you you mentioned this like discounting, uh, delaying the purchase, which I think can change how certain types of discount brands uh, operate. So the, I think it was like either the Macy's or JC's pennies, uh, effect when they only did sales on the weekend and they were like crushing it weekend after weekend. Mm -hmm. And then six months down the road, they realized, Oh, no one's coming in during the week anymore. Like, mm -hmm. and, and it just changed the buying cycle and ended up, uh, crushing margins, uh, ultimately it's so uh, a failed discounting strategy. And I think, uh, you, your business kind of lies in a similar place. I'm curious for those watching who you most relate to business wise, because I mean, I, I think each, uh, each business kind of has a slightly different strategy. We've of course got men's clothing, women's underwear and, and engagement rings. Right. And so, uh, and, and which is, you know, I, I just once in a lifetime type uh, of purchase, um, and we'll get to maybe how you move down the funnel in just a second. Um, so really, really interesting strategies from all of you. And thank you all for sharing. Athena, I want to hop back to you really quick and uh, and just kind of walk us through how you might have done Black Friday, Cyber Monday last year versus this year. Uh, and, and maybe just, um, yeah, what also, actually, maybe you already answered this. Let's, let's actually skip through that question and go straight into operations since Chris, you had hinted on this. So, uh, so let, let's break it down. Um, you told me a little bit about your product in our pre call, um, about how you actually have to build this on demand for everybody. And you also mentioned that you only started with an $18,000 investment from yourself. Mm -hmm. You sell a high-end product. <laughs> like, yeah. where did you get source the materials and how do you actually build your product uh, and, and, and make it for people? And especially, I'm really curious, how you get ring sizing proper yeah. uh, for, for your customers. Like, how do you secretly get uh, the ring size? Um, yeah, give, give me all the details yeah. and especially... Go, go into more detail on Q4 operational. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. 
Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2x e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2x e-commerce. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, so all of our rings are made to order. So we don't have any inventory at all. Um, We have zero inventory. So when a customer buys a ring from us, uh, we start making it that day. And, you know, it takes about a week and a half or two weeks to actually manufacture the ring um, and, you know, cast the cast the gold or cast the platinum, set the stones and, you know, polish it. All of that takes about a week and a half or two. How and many ring like designers and ring like uh, ring makers are there in your in your manufacturing you know, facility? Yeah. So um, so we learned very quickly that we want to sell the highest quality product possible. So all of our manufacturers are actually going to be in the jewelry capitals of the country. So New York, LA, like that's where all of our jewelry manufacturing is happening. And, um, you know, like I know like our revenues sound really great and they, and they are really great, but also our AOV is quite high, right? So our AOV is, you know, close to $3,000. So, um, so for us, um, you know, selling 15, 20 rings a day, like that's a, that's a really big, that's a really big revenue day. Right. And, um, on the other hand, 15, 20 rings for a manufacturer that has the capacity is actually not that big of a deal. Right. So, um, so manufacturing wise, like we're really, really streamlined. Um, and the main thing for us is like, as we make these rings, as we get closer to Thanksgiving, as we get closer to Christmas, the biggest thing for us is how in the world do we make sure that if FedEx loses a ring, we have a backup plan. So even though we do zero inventory in Q4, we do start to create a few rings um, that are similar to like our best sellers, just in case FedEx loses a package and we have to mail something out to the customer as an emergency. So we do start to create some inventory just for Q4, just like a handful of things in case FedEx has some sort of mishap. Um, But that's like the only inventory we actually do. And then, um, the other gotta things, be a scary moment <laughs> losing yeah and like for us like while like a lot of customers can probably a lot of companies can probably sell stuff on december 22nd to get it on christmas eve um we are cutoffs like earlier our cutoffs like december 15th or so so for that reason like our advertising push is like now in like october like those are our big big advertising months and not so much november and december because by the time customers see an ad in december december 1st they think, oh, okay, I trust this company. And it's like December 20th by then. It's too late anyway. So our big ad times are September, October. 
Um, and sorry, what was your other question, Derek? Well, let's let's dr drill into shipping a little bit here. Yeah. Like, uh, we shipping times can get delayed. You're very worried about not getting the product arrived. Do your shipping costs go up? And you're, while you have a high AOV, so maybe it doesn't matter that you, yeah. you, I, I'm sure you have to ship everything insured, but like it doesn't matter that shipping costs go up. But I, I'm imagining you have a large, a high cost of goods sold as well. So you, yeah. you know, margins do get impacted there. So, so how do you look at that? How do you? Yeah. So with shipping, um, honestly, we don't we don't worry too much. Like for us, it's better to overnight things and okay. you know avoid the customer having a bad experience where he misses the ring do or he's you getting pay for that or do you offer that as an option to your customer we do offer it as an option um which like when we sell like overnight shipping it's actually like multiple overnights like the metals being overnighted the diamonds are being overnight like there's like multiple overnights oh, in there wow in but, overnight to you to build it and then yeah like everything is overnighted so it ends up shaving like seven days off of shipping time That's but if we just have to overnight something to the customer just like as a one-off because it's q4 um we absolutely just do that anyways um okay. for us like i think um the value and you know making sure the customer is less stressed for their proposal um, by getting it a day or two earlier is like much more important than that slight margin fluctuation. And yeah, we do have an IAOV. So even if we have to overnight something, you're talking about a 1% increase in COGS. So it's not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that's different for both of uh, you, Justin and Athena. Justin, let's talk about you operationally having gone from uh, just designing this product to last Q4 launch now having it sounds like a massive uh, warehouse space to to get this built out shipped out. What are what's the biggest operational concern or constraint for you going into Q4? And what uh, what are you yeah like looking to change, do, and worry about essentially? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for us it was the ramp up, and we're not even sure what kind of numbers this could bring for Christmas. You, uh, you don't have any really past baseline data. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we did fairly well last year for just starting, but this is going to be, it's a whole new ball game now. You know, we're 10 times the size. Uh, we were in a 3PL, kind of a local 3PL doing our, all our fulfillment and just completely overran their operations. They just couldn't handle, you know, we'll get 80 boxes in a day just receiving. They just couldn't handle it. So with, this oh, is wow. when we just moved to this other warehouse where it's really our own facility now. Um, but there's challenges as we ramp up. It's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of operations going on in there. Just had a key hire two weeks ago to kind of manage the operations just because I can't can't do it all. Uh, Is it an I operations mean, manager? What's their job type? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything. But yes, I would say like a you know, chief operations, uh, managing anything inside the house. Uh, so I think that's, that's a challenge for us is making sure we had COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, our warehouse manager got COVID Sunday night before Labor Day. Okay. So Monday, me, uh, my daughter, everyone was in the warehouse picking, packing orders. Um, wow. You know, you got to pick a thousand orders uh, to make sure they go out. And um, I, I told, and, and then actually, of course, COVID went, ripped through everybody. But I said, you know what? It's better now than on Black Friday, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So everyone will be, be good. Um, and, and Justin, like, do you, um, your product seems amazing, by the way, but like, do people buy them? Um, like, do you expect on Christmas, like some people get them like as like a very useful gift, but also like as a fun, like joke type gift, or is it all like very serious, like, um, like kind of curious just because like it is, it seems like a very useful product, but I could also see it being somewhat like as a like fun novelty too. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, all serious. I mean, cool. I, if I took my shirt off, it looks like a regular polo. Yeah, um, it looks amazing. I'm definitely just, gonna check out. So it's just there. more of like an elevated polo. It's kind of like a yeah. polo, even built for a blazer. So you see guys yeah. wearing, you know, kind of schlocky Under Armour polo shirts, and they're putting on a nice blazer. That kind of looks like crap. This, yeah, you know, just the collar alone kind of gives you that real dress shirt look. Yeah, and it's um, kind of cool that like it's kind of talking about it with blazers and sweaters, and like Q4 happens to be like a colder time of the year. Right. So that's kind of great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have just started, uh, so like uh, maybe too much information. But here in in San Francisco Bay Area, it is now light jacket uh, attire, and so going out, I need that light jacket. San Francisco is kind of famous for the light jacket, like you know everyone's got their yeah. either uh, Patagonia or REI or North Face jacket with their company name on it, essentially around here. And so yeah, I bet I bet this is a hot selling uh, center for you, Justin. Um, so other, um, let's talk about other operational constraints for you before we move on to Athena. Um, is, is the is shipping going to be a problem for you? Are you worried about shipping delays going into Q4? Um, and and yeah, walk me through that. Justin, yeah, you. Oh, me. Right. Yeah, you, you, you. Before we go into Athena, I want to I want to get all of the operational issues you're going to have out on the table for everyone to understand. And, and uh, people, people's the worst. Right. Um, people hiring, um, you know, our jobs are kind of hourly jobs in the warehouse, mm -hmm. getting people to work. Um, I was talking to Athena kind of in the green one before we're thinking about doing a pop-up shop and where we're going to do it. The first issue, the bigger issue is who's going to man it. Where are we going to find these people uh, that are yeah. sharp, that want to kind of work our pop-up? So I would say that's the other biggest operational concern what what is the plan do you just put a job rack up on indeed do you like do you look for through we, friend so networks? we're gonna do i just spoke to kind of uh the guy i was talking about before we're honestly we're gonna walk them all we're gonna walk them all go into stores find people that we like you know <laughs> sales people that we think are sharp and say hey look you know do you want to this is what we have we're this do you want a five dollar an hour raise come over yeah, here pretty much pretty much and yesterday we actually looked on indeed to figure out what these people are making hourly we're going to say, you know, okay, we're going to have to bump it, bump it up $5 and get some of these, you know, all-stars. Maybe they'll work for us one day a week. This is um, pretty cool. And this uh, pop-up shop is going in a mall, I think you said, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not signed, but yeah, it'll be uh, okay. hopefully in a, in a busier mall in the DC area. The, the concept's uh, still there. And so do you expect people to try on in the store, buy online? Uh, I think that's the Bonobos strategy kind of, or do you th try on in the store, buy in the store, mix of both? How do you there there becomes a big tracking issue here, right? And your your sales are going to blow up, but you want to know did was the pop up shops you know profitable? Um, because you are going to have to invest, I'm imagining a lot in overhead and rental space and and in human power there. And then if it works, does it become a a, a thing that you you grow and scale? Is are you going to be everywhere? Are you going to be next to Abercrombie and, and beating them out of market share in the future? Walk me through the vision. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I look at, you know, I think you see when you kind of hit a certain level, I think we have to start thinking omni-channel and reaching these people and acquiring customers other than Facebook and Instagram, right? That's how we're driving most Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And at some point, you know, can you spend a million dollars a day on ads? You know, probably not, right? So yeah. it's how do you grow a hundred million dollar business? How do we acquire customers? We're going to have to do it outside of you know, traditional online spends. And if we can get stores to be not profitable, but break even and acquire customers, our emails, we're constantly giving up new products. You know, our LTV is going to save the day. Um, for the, that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of the vision. Is it? And I, I expect people, you know, luxury brands have been thinking about stores as billboards for a long time, whether it's on Rodeo Drive or Madison Avenue, those stores aren't making money. But, you know, they're billboards and hopefully, you know, breaking even maybe. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And and so clearly the vision is $100 million exit selling to uh, maybe one of the major competitors out there or something. Uh, so right. I, I think you're well on track for that. Athena, you had talked about doing pop-ups as well, as well as virtual uh, fittings. Walk, walk me through that process. Because I'm like, when you said virtual like fittings, I'm like, it, that seems... It, uh, like, you know, they're, they're like, there's a privacy issue here because it's a bra. Like, I don't want to, you know, share that, the, you know, sh uh, putting on the bra, but apparently it's the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you won't sign up for one of those if, <laughs> if you're worried about it. Um, we don't tend to have a problem. Um, we actually had to kind of throttle those down because they would go too fast. And then, you know, I wouldn't have any time to do anything else. I've also trained our customer service women on fitting. Um, it's a, it's my superpower. So I tend to do most of them. Um, so virtual fittings for us, you know, what we used to do is offer them through the site, um, just a, a link in with Zapier to my Calendly. 
And then I'd block off the time and then women could sign up um, on their own. And then they would just fill out like a really quick questionnaire. Like, what are you currently wearing? How does it feel like it's fitting? Here's what to bring. Um, and then we could kind of get these 15 minute slots. What we're using it for now to do now is so just, you know, our category is really unique in the sense that women don't know what size they are ever in a bra. Um, and it's, it's you know, 98% of women wear bras, 96% hate them. Um, and that's a really big part of why women don't like bras is because nothing ever fits. That Oprah stat from 20 years ago of like 80% of women are wearing the wrong size bra is like totally true. I, every woman I talk to, I'm just like, oh God. So um, we do those for holiday, you know, specifically for Q4. I think what we're looking at launching next month is actually group fittings. Um, so not as much one-on-one, this is what you're doing right or wrong. More of like me taking women through and coaching. If you ever go to our website, we have two different fitting options because of consumer behavior. Um, a lot of women, even though they know they're not wearing the right size and it's such a high risk, high problem thing, a lot of them still are unwilling to measure themselves. Um, and so we have two different options to at least get someone's head in the thought of fitting for us. Um, if we can keep women getting into the right sizes online, cause we are DTC only, we're only going through bhbras.com and that is the goal for now. If we can get you into the right size, our return rate is much, much lower. So we're one of the lowest I've heard of in the industry. And, and that's a concerted effort on my part to really drive that in and to make sure that like, <laughs> we're trying to at least get your head in the right space before uh, you do something. So what I'll be doing is offering the fittings probably in a group setting. And then I'll still continue to do like the biggest need, um, women that are just like hot mess, right? Um, those are the ones that I'll deal with. And just my goal always is to teach women how to fish, not necessarily just tell them what size they are. I can do that in about four seconds just by looking. Um, it's really more about trying to be a better steward, honestly. And like, even if it's not with our product, like let's get one of the most important body parts on a woman figured out a little bit better than it has in the past. Yeah. And then they can yeah, teach their friends, make it easier to buy from you when they tell all their friends about you as well. I'm sure there's some virality you know, strategy. Customer service for me is not a cost center. Customer service for me is marketing center. Um, yeah. I can't tell you how important it is. I mean, I come from like my, my first jobs were service industry and I made a lot of money at a very young age, just being awesome at that. Um, and so I've, you know, that's sort of an ethos I take into our company, but yeah, we are like, you see it, I see it in our reviews and in the women that interact with us. They are, the, our goal is to make their lives better because this is not a fun situation for a lot of women. Um, and so we do literally whatever it takes to get, I do fittings from the car if I need to, like, it's just like get women better. Um, and then what we're looking at, you know, is scalability of that. So what does that look like as we hit the next million? Um, that's going to be slightly uh, adjusted. We're looking at almost like an Uber type model of training, getting women just in time fittings with trained Consultants. professionals and bringing them on. So we have a lot going on with that, but that's how we're kind of going to be looking at it for Q4. That sounds really interesting. So this brings up the the challenge of, of customer service uh, and, and training people. So so how do you hire and train? In this case, I do imagine it's a little bit of a gendered role to uh, to, yeah. to keep it private and discreet for women. Um, and, and like like yeah, what's the just walk me through the process? Like you you probably want like yeah like I, I customer yeah. service. It's it can be. Well, customer service is actually a little bit easier for us in the sense of how I've set it up. Um, we use a, an app called Gorgeous, which is yep. really helpful because it's, you know, pulls everything in. I'm sure a lot of you guys know of it. Um, Rich Panel is a sponsor for Commerce Excel. So also a good tool. <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean, there's all different tools to use. We'll probably outgrow it, quite frankly, as we add more team. Um, it was a good starting place for us. But ultimately, where we want to go with customer service and how we hire is we find someone great. Um, which is what happened to us the week after Shark Tank. Like I, what I do in my life uh, as an entrepreneur now, I'm coming from corporate. I call everybody I know and say, I have a need. Who do you know? Who do you know? Who do you know? Um, that usually produces at least one or two great leads. We hired her. She's unbelievable. Our head of customer service. She's got the right ethos. I mean, even just in the conversation, she wants to be helpful. And then 
I personally interview and make sure that that is consistent for a month or two. And then we tap her network. Um, and so we got two other people through her network that again, they all have a very similar ethos about being helpful, not being a pain. Um, and so like for Christmas holiday season, you know, there's a lot of customer service and answering questions in December. What that turns into in January is working with customers on returns or exchanges. Exchanges are going to be huge for us in, in January. So it, for we will be adding two more people. It's a part-time role, but that within that part-time role, it's getting on whenever you can and, and crushing out the tickets that we have. So what we end up doing, um, if you look at just an FTE, a full-time employee, um, that will equate to two full-time employees, but four actual bodies. Okay. That will be constantly working through uh, stuff to get us basically 24 seven. Um, and then we have them on both coasts. So I have my West coast girls and I have my East coast girls so that we have really full coverage um, for, you know, up until I'd call it 2 AM East coast. And you're, and you're only in the U S market right now. So this is like 99% yeah. of all things. We do a little bit of Canada, um, but Canada, we've had some challenges with the return situation and shipping. Um, we ship through USPS and we will be prepared as you were asking the other guys for shipping challenges. We'll have a cutoff date. Um, we will be pre-packing bags. So we, we ship every product in a laundry bag that's fine mesh so that you actually buy an expensive bra and take care of it. Um, so it's, it's something that we don't even call it a free gift with purchase though. Basically it is what we're, what we'll be doing before holiday, um, at the end of October, early November is just putting our materials in every bag. So it's ready to go. So we're, we have a lot faster because similar to Justin, we basically broke our three PL, um, after Shark Tank. <laughs> they, it was a Herculean effort. They put on 24 hour shifts and we got through it in a week, but it was, so this for this holiday, we will not be breaking our 3PL. We'll be prepping months in advance to make sure that we're ready. Such a big change. And I bet next year, probably all three of you will be talking a little bit about some form of international expansion, whether, you know, I probably going into Europe or other English speaking countries globally. And so I bet the challenges will will change there. Mm -hmm. um, all right, we've got to run in just a second here. I have one final question for all three of you. You get one minute to answer it. Krish, I'm starting with you. Give me your biggest tip, hack, secret, or tool that you'll be using for Q4 and like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but for you, I guess, all of Q4s. Yeah. Uh, biggest tip is to remind myself that Q4 is just a quarter and like we're playing the long-term game. Um, it'll really keep us in check and uh, just make sure because you know what, even if you have an amazing Q4, if that's like your goal, you got to beat it again next year, right? So it's better to have a long-term strategy in my opinion and uh, whatever, you know, your ethos are for us, it's going to be customer service, high quality and, um, true social impact, like making sure that those core values don't get sacrificed in Q4. I really think, um, focusing on those core values that you have are going to really be better for you in the long term, rather than trying to get a couple extra sales in Q4. So that would be, I really strategy. appreciate that thought. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you. And, um, and, and, and yeah, that speaks to the the quality of your brand and the and the yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, Justin, you uh, biggest tip hack secret for Q four. You know, I think um, I'll go non uh, tip. Although I do think Gorgeous is great. We use Triple Whale as another tool to kind of keep an eye on attribution, and, and it's vastly different. Um, mm -hmm. So you take each ROAS number with a grain of salt from each of the different platforms. Yeah, but um, kind of a non techie is I think finding. A couple of people, hopefully a lot of entrepreneurs out there, have like a team of backboards that you kind of trust that want you to do well, which I think is really interesting. Not all your friends are going to be in that backboard. Um, and I think interesting is really making sure you find somebody that really wants you to do well, that you can run ideas on and um, whatever they are, whether it's Q4 or, or just beyond. And um, you know, it may not be the people you think that are closest to you. Um, in that room. So go ahead and find that. Uh, really quick. Has anybody here have somebody on an advisory board that they've given equity into their company? I, I've got three. So that, on mine. Yeah. yeah. Krish. I know just, just all of our employees have, but uh, no okay. advisors. No. And, and Justin, do you have uh, essentially an uh, equitable advisor or is it just, it's, it's free advice. It's even better. Yeah, it's just free advice. And, uh, yeah, free advice. I mean, I there's people. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, cool. Athena, your uh, really quick here, hit uh, hack, yep. tip, trick, secret, or tool. It's, it's the same hack um, that I had for Shark Tank when I was preparing for Shark Tank. Um, I have a plan by day, by week. I, I took a week off about a month ago and literally put the entire next six months together as a plan. Um, now we're preparing those plans and you guys know this, but Q4 is nuts, no matter if you're playing hard against it or not. Um, and so for me, it's not actually about the plan. The plan will blow up the second something goes sideways. <laughs> um, for me, it's actually more about the preparation. That's always been my hack is, you know, prepare, over-prepare for everything so that when it blows up, because we all know that that happens in businesses and companies, especially around the time of the year, we have like backup preparation that we're ready for that we can be really really agile with it's something that i learned a long time ago but i have to keep reminding myself of is like the plan's great the plan's gonna go to shit in two seconds let's like really work hard on that prep so that we're we're absolutely ready for that to happen and it no one the only thing the consumer sees is execution so for us it's just really important to stay focused on like it's okay if it's not what we intended or wanted as long as it's what the consumer needs we're fine so that's kind of where, I, that's how I'm thinking about the whole quarter, honestly. Will you also do that for the other parts of the year? Take another whole week to prep, maybe it's January through June? In, in yeah, the- I'll do JFM and AMJ, like those two quarters separately. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I already have planned out into March. So what then I'll do probably in like February is I'll start to get the the next six. It won't be as aggressive as Q4, quite frankly, because um, Q4 again is its own special unicorn of all of the forces in the world come together to, it feels like to conspire sometimes. Um, <laughs> but it will absolutely be on a calendar shared with our general broader teams and partners. Um, and then, like I said, that's a, it's just good for me to be able to check in and kind of visually see what is coming up. Um, but it won't be nearly as like to the date aggressive with the content. Yeah planned out. You know what I mean? It'll just be more of a, a really great overview that we can check in on weekly. Well, I think clearly from speaking with all three of you here, you are amazing e-commerce operators. I can tell that you're putting in the work, right? This is not an easy job. It is a job of spinning plates and putting out fires. So thank you all three for joining me today. We are going to pass it back to the Commerce Excel team and Kunle Campbell. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Really an honor to talk thank to you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.